Best of Us Investors presents Kerry Griegmeier. I think we're in a day or a time of awakening. And I'm speaking here to specifically the members of the Best of Us Investors tribe. I think this is a day that you need to reflect back on and say, that's when I woke up to the fact that I need to take control of my life. Um, I'm referring to the fact that we learned today that um, our president, Donald Trump, and his wife have the coronavirus. And I think it's not so much that it's them having the coronavirus as it is that we need to take stock of where we are, how we got here, and what we're going to do in the future. There's, as I said in my Twitter feed this morning, there's a lot of what-ifs that are hinging around the coronavirus hitting the White House, and we don't know what's going to happen. There have been a number of days in my life that this has happened, and and they were pivot points, and um, the world just wasn't the same after that. On a personal level, the day in 1953 when I was eight years old when I learned my mother had died, um, that was a pivot point in my life. I, I remember in, um, I, I'm not sure the year, when I saw the little girl running down the road in Vietnam on fire from napalm and realized that we were in, we were in a bad way in Vietnam. Um, 9-11. 9-11 was a, a pivot point in my life that I, re- I recognized the world was not all on my side and and I was going to have to react accordingly and my life would change. But I want to address that more directly tomorrow in my Sunday video. Today what I want to address, because I think it's part of this, is what I'm calling the stock market lottery, the economy a lottery, um, the, 20, the $20 trillion a lottery that has occurred um, over the last 20 years, and how it's affected our economy, how it's affected you, and what you need to do about it. What we need to recognize, and, and I'm going to show you a chart here of the economy of of the S&P 500 over the last 20 years. And you need to recognize that in 2020, there was a $4 trillion national debt. Between 2020 and 2008, that grew um, to two point or to eight trillion, and thus, thus it was a it, it was a doubling of our national debt. That is to say, it took us two hundred years to get to four trillion dollars, and that was from World War Two, World War One, um, a lot of the Vietnam War, whatever. And, and, and the building of the highways in, in, in the United States, that put us at $4 trillion. We then doubled that in four years um, as a result of a recovery from the dot-com bubble. 
okay? Um, so in 2008, we're at $8 trillion, and we have the subprime crisis. And as you can see in the chart, the, the S&P 500 re reacted very severely and had a tremendous drop. And then over the next uh, 10 years, we added an additional $10 trillion to our national debt to recover us from the subprime or the real estate crisis. So be aware that that indirectly or directly, that recovery was financed by your federal government by pumping money into the economy to the tune of $10 trillion. So again, we doubled, more than doubled, between 08 and 2018. We went to, and in 18, we're sitting at 18 trillion. Over the next, what what is it, two years, we've gone to 26 trillion. Three trillion of that of that that growth there is directly involving the Corona crisis. So we as a society in the United States, and this has been duplicated around the world. Um, every nation is just pumping money into their economies to keep them afloat. And it isn't just what my point is, it didn't just happen as a result of the coronavirus. It's been happening since the year 2000. We've done it in different ways. Um, the the recovery from the subprime crisis took longer because that trend 10 trillion was distributed differently. It was distributed more towards corporations. The 3 trillion from the t pandemic has basically been a flood of money directed at people, but didn't also towards corporations. So we're now at a pivot point. We're at a point at which we're going to say, what do we do from here? But first, let's, let's look at another thing that I think is real important. In all of this, who are the winners and who are the losers? I think you have to say that the winners include Apple, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, Tesla, Facebook, Netflix, and you can make the list of companies that have been the beneficiaries of this lottery. Okay, Who are the losers? Well, I think it's fair to say the losers are the, the low-wage earners. They really haven't gained anything from this. Um, the uneducated, uh, the poor. And then I, I, I was thinking about it. those who are trying to better themselves through education. The cost of education has just has followed a, a similar pattern. Um, when I read that you know, students come out with $100,000, $120,000 of student debt to get educated, and then they can't find jobs. And yet, then I see uh, Jeff Bezos is the richest man in the world, and Bill Gates is, is maybe second, and, and, and the rich are just getting richer. And even those, the, the poor who are striving to uh, improve themselves are getting poorer. That's kind of who the winners and the losers are. Um, so what, what do we learn as investors from this and how do, how do we react? Well, I think the first thing that when I settled on the title of the, the stock market lottery, I recognized that, 
and I researched this, 70% of all lottery winners are broke within a very short period of time. They, they spend their money foolishly, um, and it, it doesn't uh, improve their lives all that much. They're right back where they started from. And so I, I think of that as also maybe the relationship that we have with our government is that we are being fed cash. And where does that cash end up? As as you got or someone got their $600 check plus their, their uh, $400 state uh, unemployment check, where did that $1,000 back in April end up? Did it end up in their bank account? Did it end up in their stock portfolio? No. No, it trickled down. It just kept falling down, falling down through the grocer, through the, the landlord, through the gas station, through the car payment, through the student loan payment. It kept trickling down until it landed someplace where it wasn't needed and it wasn't spent. Well, that's, that's again, that's Mark Zuckerberg's po- pocket. That's, that's Jeff Bezos' pocket. That's the very rich people's pocket because the money was... $3 trillion was put out there to keep people spending, to keep the economy afloat, but it didn't stop in their pockets. It didn't make them wealthier. So this $26 trillion that has been pumped into our economy since 2000 is ended up in the pockets of the rich. Now, is that socialism? Is that is that some is that democracy? I don't know. I, I don't have the answers to all these questions, but I recognize the system is broken when the reality is that people aren't buying goods on Amazon because their life is better. It's be, it, instead it's because the government is printing money. So is that a false economy? If that stopped, what would happen? Well, so I, I, in my mind, I thought, okay, what if I had a rich dad uh, and, and, um, and I couldn't get a job? And so, so my dad um, gave me money every month to pay my mortgage, to buy, buy clothes, and to put, put food on the table. And, and then my dad died. And unbeknownst to me, I had gone through all his money. What, 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 what would happen to me? Uh, I'd probably end up on the street. Okay, so what happens if and when the governments of the world stop printing money and we have to fend for ourselves? And when I say we, I mean everybody. What happens when that flow of money, when that water pipe, when that pipe of money is turned off, and maybe even beyond that, can it be turned off? Have we worked ourselves into a position where it can't be turned off, where everybody expects to have an $800 new iPhone or Samsung phone? where everybody expects to have an electric vehicle, where everybody expects to 
have all the food that they need to eat. What happens if and when that pipeline is shut off? I don't know. Can it? Can it be shut off? I'm going to have a a, a meeting or a, an interview with um, Jim Rogers uh, on on the seventh of October, and this and he's he's about my age, and he and he's a very successful investor, and it's a question I want to ask him: is how how do we stop this? I I know I grew up on in the era when I was told when I bought a house that my my debt to to uh, income ratio could not be more than 3x. At least that's, or it was two and a half. But yet our national debt to GDP is about 1.15x. And we're worried about that. And and a, a nation supposedly never dies. So there is, there is no, really no day of reckoning. But what kind of society are we living in where where our where our country where our nation just keeps feeding us cash and the last 20 years would show us that that's the path we're on and if we stay on that path and all we have to do is keep that debt to equity ratio at somewhere under 3 how long will that how long will it take us to get there? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But as an investor, I think it's imperative that I figure this out. I think it's imperative that I understand is, is, is the government going to continue to put money into the system so that you can buy the next iPhone that you need? Are they going to keep putting the money in there, thus that Apple will continue to grow because you have the money to buy an iPhone? Will will Amazon continue to grow because the government is pumping money into the economy and so I can buy the books that I want and and the, 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 the printer that I need from Amazon? Will that continue? Or do I need to sell my Amazon stock and go dig a hole in the ground and hunker down because that money is going to stop flowing? Because again, twenty-six trillion four from twenty twenty-two trillion dollars has entered our society since two thousand to two thousand twenty. What if that hadn't happened? What, where would our economy be? Would Amazon be selling for $3,000 a share? Would, would Google, I think it's about $1,300, would they be there? Would Tesla, would Tesla even be a reality if the government hadn't pumped an extra $22 trillion into our economy? And is that okay? Think about it and let me know. And, and, and go into the comments and give me your opinion. If, if the government hadn't pumped 22 
trillion dollars into the U.S. economy since 2000. What, what would our economy look like? Would Amazon exist? Would Apple exist? Would Google exist? Would, would Facebook and Tesla exist? I don't know. Could we have created that on our own without the assistance? And not only the United States government. It, it's, it's, Japan has basically said, we'll run those presses until we don't need them. Well, I don't know what, how long that is. So, we've won the lottery. There is just no getting past it. $26 trillion is a big win on the lottery. Um, but where does it end? Can it end? Do we even have a choice here? Can, can, can we just shut that off and be done with it? And what happens to you and me? And what happens to those who are less fortunate than you and me? Please, go into the comments and give me your opinion. Um, this is puzzling, and I don't have the answer. So, let's work on this together as a member of the Best of Us Investors Tribe. I think it's a, I think it's a question we must answer. I don't think it's, uh, well, let's just play with it for a while, a while longer and see what happens, which is definitely going to happen. So, if, if you want to be a part of our tribe, if you want to be a part of the Best of Us Investors, go to the bestofusinvestors.com and, uh, and I will, and, and you will register, give me your name and your email address, and I'll send you information every morning about what I'm thinking and, and my reactions to the market and the tr other tribe members. You'll also find in that letter a link to our Discord where we meet and um, we d have further and more in-depth discussions. And then we're, we're going to create um, what I'm choosing at this point to call uh, Best of Us Investors University, where we'll get down to more um, minute, more micro uh, subjects about how to invest, how, how to build wealth, because that's my, my, my goal. Um, I, I, I've had a good career. Uh, I've accumulated enough money. I'm accumulating more money through some endeavors. But truly, my goal now is to create family wealth, to, to, to create enough that my wealth will make a difference in my grandchildren, in my great-grandchildren's lives. I, I want to be uh, another Rockefeller or another Kennedy or um, one of these big tycoons. I want to be another Jeff Bezos. And oh, by the way, Jeff, if you got a seat open on the board of directors, uh, give me a call. You can find, just Jeff, go to bestofusinvestors.com. You'll find my email address. Drop me an email. You, you'll even dig a little deeper. You'll find my, my phone number. So, okay. Um, we're at a pivot point. Tomorrow, I'm going to talk about how I think that this coronavirus and the president having the coronavirus is going to affect the short-term stock market and the long-term stock market and how we need to react. Mm -hmm.
Tune in tomorrow for the next episode.